Welcome to Puck It. We'll do it live. It is Wednesday, January 15th. And Dan, they did it. I can't believe it. The Twins paid a free agent. It's insane. Um, yes. I, I, this is, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, this is going to be my 14th year. This is the first time that I've covered a team that will have paid a free agent. So, uh, wow. yeah. So I'm in that same territory. So it was your Uh, fault all this time. (laughs) Yes, it was. It was my fault to cover the Padres, the White Sox, and the Twins. (laughs) Three of the teams that never buy free agents uh, is definitely my fault for that. Uh, But, yeah, no, I'm in that same boat with you where I'm surprised just because they really did go. And and that's the overwhelming response you've seen online uh, the last 12 hours, 20 or. 15 hours since the signing happened is wow they actually did this uh four years 92 million dollars for josh donaldson so the last show we did was december 6th which was a winter meetings preview and i believe we uh had mentioned in a few previous shows that we would pop in if the twins made some significant news we kind of assumed that that would happen it took a little longer than everybody thought and it probably isn't the player uh, that everyone was originally hoping for in terms of at least the position that he plays. But uh, on Tuesday night, news broke that the Twins had, had signed Josh Donaldson 40 years uh, and $84 million, and then there's also an option for 2024 right. to either buy out or, or for the club to pick up the contract. So it'll cost him at least $92 million for four years with the buyout, and it would be $100 million if he plays the full five. Um, he's 34 years old, so obviously there's some there's some age risk, particularly towards the uh, end of the contract. He also uh, was was injured for uh, a good portion of 2018, but bounced back nicely in 2019. Of course, in 2015 was the American League MVP, a huge bat, 37 home runs last year. That is not necessarily the problem the Twins needed to address in the offseason, but Donaldson makes them better in a lot of ways, Dan. Yeah, he does, and, and it's weird because – this is sort of that part where um, maybe you can now breathe and uh, and go online and and praise what the twins have done without uh, <laughs> fear of a uh, fear of an online mob charging after you um, because you know they've been active this whole time and and we haven't been doing any shows but because the moves they've been making all along have uh, have been nice but they weren't like a a slam dunk, anything like that, anything that was just splashy. And and I get why fans were waiting for something like this. Look, the Twins came off of a great year last year, and fans wanted to see them do something to improve themselves in some way or another. I mean, obviously, you wanted it to be pitching. You wanted this to be Zach Wheeler, and that's still fair. I mean, I, I think that they've done an okay job with the rotation, but I think that... You know, this is still a team that there's likely a chance that before July 31st, they're going to need to respond to upgrade that rotation if they want to be uh, even more serious about making some headway in the playoffs. But they did a really nice job to get a player that comes in and improves them. Their infield defense, um, I don't know that I thought it was atrocious last year, but it wasn't good. But the numbers would suggest that it was pretty atrocious. Um, and you know, some of the, some of the metrics suggest that Jorge Polanco is the worst shortstop defensively in baseball. And I didn't see that. I mean, he was an all-star and, and he had a pretty good year compared to what he's done in the past. 
Um, I still think defensive metrics can be off a little bit, but um, Donaldson was the second best third baseman in baseball. Miguel Sano was possibly the worst third baseman in baseball. Now he shifts to first base with this move. And and you've locked down. You've I mean, to do that, you've probably changed your defense around quite a bit on the infield. Um, that's going to help your pitchers. And, and obviously adding this bat uh, to the lineup just – it's going to be hard to find holes in this lineup for opposing pitchers. Um, it clearly puts them probably – Maybe the Yankees are, are the best offense now, and the Twins are second. You know, the Astros are right there. But, I mean, throughout, this is a rock-solid, amazing lineup. And that's the way the Twins decided to go. They knew that they couldn't get the pitchers they wanted. They tried for two. They put in a lot of effort for two. Zach Wheeler and, and uh, Hinjin Ryu, and um, they they landed short on those two guys and, and – so they went for the other side, and, and they couldn't prevent the runs through pitching, so they're trying to prevent it through a little better defense and add to the uh, the run-scoring side of the ledger and, and, and hope that that's going to be the way they can win the division. But again, they may they may still have to do some uh, some pitching maneuvers here, but I mean, it, it's been a, a really, I, I think it's been a good offseason um, when you look across the board, and, and it's just good that you can talk about that now because they added Josh Johnson and, and improved themselves that significantly. Yeah, I think we were we were all in the media um, kind of walking on eggshells knowing that, you know, this was going to be a, a bust of an offseason overall with, uh, with all due respect to the other players they had signed, just given the hopes that the team came into it with. And, and so to, to have this deal go down, um, e- even though it isn't, you know, uh, Zach Wheeler, Madison Bumgarner, Rio, whoever, it it signals something from this front office that we haven't seen yet, which is uh, a definitive declaration that they're trying to win right now. And I think that's important for the rest of this season for, for potential trade deadline talk because all of their previous deals, for the most part, except for you know re-upping their, their homegrown young talent, has been of the one and two year variety, the low risk. We can get out of this. We can punt. We can reevaluate. And now they just paid a guy ninety two million dollars for four years. That's going to, I think, influence the way they look at the trade deadline next off season, whatever. In terms of the urgency to complete the puzzle, whatever that needs to be, uh, you know, come July. If it is, hey, we are still two starting pitchers short. Now there's no more kicking the can down the line. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, I, I think we've seen them show their hand, and, and they've basically said with this move, um, we believe we have a winning team, and we're doing what we can to upgrade it. And I, I think that um, <clears throat> I, I think when you, when you look at that, that makes you say, you know what, they're not going to be afraid to trade a prospect. That's the really good part about this also is they made this move to bring an impact without surrendering a prospect. Um, they've, they've gotten here to this point with, with, the acquiring a major player like this, a five win player and throwing them on the roster and yet they have not surrendered a prospect yet. And that's going to be helpful in July when, when it comes time, because if that pitcher is out there and that deal is to be made, they're going to make their move. Um, this, this really, you know, it, it shows that they are, are ready to make the move, and, and it gives you an idea of where their mindset is. And after last year, 
they saw enough from this roster uh, to do that. And and I, I think it helps that they have filled out the rest of the roster. This isn't the first move. I mean, this is the, like we were, I was saying, like this is kind of the, the cherry on top of a, a, a really nice offseason because they went out and filled out the rotation, and that was a lot of work. And, you know, going into the offseason, I remember talking to Derek Falvey about it, and it's like, Dad Levine and, you know, you guys have four starting pitching roles to fill out here. Maybe maybe only three, but you have that's a lot of work to do for your rotation. And they said, well, you know, you look at the offseason and what do teams sign every year, like maybe five, six guys um, every year. And, you know, so really is that a big deal that we have three spots in the rotation, four spots in the rotation to fill out? And it's like, well, that makes sense from that perspective. But at the same time, you want to improve your rotation. You want your team to be like impact starting and, and be elite and be better than last year when they won 101 games. I thought that was an incredibly difficult task. And and they were able to go out and get Jake Odorizzi back and on a one-year deal. And they got Michael Pineda to come back on a two-year deal, which is a steal, a flat-out steal, two years and $20 million, And it's really more like two and 17-6 with the discount for suspension. Um, but then, you know, they got depth and I, I wouldn't say that Homer Bailey, uh, stands out. I, I know that's disappointing, but the fact of the matter is he's your four, um, if this all works out the right way and Rich Hill has the potential to be a guy, if he comes back healthy, that can be on your rotation and you're really happy to have him start a playoff game. He's, he's been a very good pitcher over the years. But it's a big, big if because he's 40 and he's coming off an elbow surgery and and you don't know what you're going to get. But you throw those together. You throw in the fact they upgraded the bullpen. They're, you know, they brought back Romo. They brought back or they added Tyler Clippard. Uh, they they were able to effectively swap out for Jason Castro with Alex Avila, a, a, a catcher who has improved dramatically on the framing aspect over the years but is a veteran, knows the league, is well-respected, is a good teammate, and he can hit right-handed pitching really well too. I, you just collectively look at this group, and, and it's been this, – this roster is, I think, better than it was last year. Um, and, and, you know, you, you look at this and go in, and you just know that they believe they have the right kind of team at this point to make the move if it comes up. And, I mean, I'm just curious to, to hear what you think as far as – What's it like that your team is in that position where they're ready to make the move and they've shown it with this? Yeah, it's um, again. I think it's a, a fundamental change from from really anything we've ever seen with um, with the franchise. I mean, you know, they certainly have had other years where they've made moves at the trade deadline in an effort to win. But you know, outside of uh, paying Joe Maurer and outside of paying Irvin Santana fifty five million dollars uh, or fifty four, whatever it was. Um, this is the first time uh, they've. Well, it is the first time they've brought in a free agent with this for this much money. Um, I mean, there's no other way to look at it. If you're if you're if you're paying him ninety two million dollars as a thirty four year old and not trying to get something to happen and shake out in the, in the next couple of years, you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> I don't think yeah. this front office is uh, is 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 thinking of it that way. Clearly, this is. Um, a, a move to say we're going to take a shot at this within the next couple of years because you know I mean you never know what you're going to get out of any free agent but you certainly have to wonder what you're going to get out of Donaldson at the back end of this contract when he's 
36, 37, maybe even 38 in his fifth year. And if you win a World Series in one of the first two years, you don't really care about that too much. But if you don't and you keep kind of dinking around with, you know, low risk moves that that may or may not pay off, it's it's uh, it's going to be a, a strange mix after after paying this guy all this money. But I also think, uh, you know, it, it certainly isn't sexy to just re-sign players that were on the team last year, but Odorizzi and Pineda could have left, and that would have been a, a huge loss for the rotation. To your point, there were, there were technically four spots to fill out, so they obviously qualifying offer situation with Odorizzi and then bringing Pineda back in the two-year deal, but some credit is due there for bringing back two of the more solid pieces of the rotation last year. And then with Homer Bailey and Rich Hill, I don't know. I guess you hope Homer Bailey is at least as good as Kyle Gibson, if, if, right. not, an impro- if not an improvement. And you hope, yeah, Rich Hill uh, is a wild card, but you hope he can be a, a potential October you know, wild card for the team. It still doesn't change the fact that come July or even sooner, you're going to want to potentially upgrade there. Um, right. But now with Donaldson, you've bought yourself, I think, at least the goodwill of the fans to know that, okay, we've signaled that we're trying. We're going to see how this goes for a few months and get a better idea of what we need specifically for this team if, as far as trade before we before we jump in. I, I think that part is you, you bought some credibility. It's huge. I mean, we've heard it all these years that they don't bring in top-tier talent. And it's to the point where it's even annoying. Um, it, I mean, obviously, it, it's it's out there. That's the the belief attached a long-held belief that these guys don't really do anything and and to do this um to show how serious you are and i get it i mean there's a lot of mistrust over the fact that the twins have moved into target field and never really spent when they said that target field was a reason they needed to get you know to acquire better players that they um and here they are. They're they're going to be at a record club record payroll, and you know, haven't done the math totally yet, but I think they're going to be around 140 million going in. Last year they were 128. That was their all time high. Um, so this shows a little bit of a different era, and and I I think it lets you know how good the players they already had in place really are. The the core, um, you know, and you're able you've you've locked up Miguel Sano. You've locked up Jorge Polanco and, and Kepler. Um, you know, the the group that was brought along, the Buxton and and these guys, Jose Barrios, like, has really developed, and it got them to a point where they were comfortable saying, yeah, we're here, let's do this. And and so you finally have spent on a top-tier guy. You brought someone else in. But that's that's not that easy. It's We've seen... Um, a couple guys that they wanted say no way we're not we're not coming there nobody knows that much about minnesota and it, it's not an easy sell and i i think that is another part that's great about this is you put it in players minds that minnesota might be a destination now uh nelson cruz was willing to go he wanted to come here because he he believed in the product last year but that was a shorter term deal you know one year with an option for a total of like 26 million bucks this is a four-year free agent out there saying yeah i'm gonna come here this is this is a place to go and make home that's a huge thing we've seen it work for other teams um in the past and i think that the white Sox changed some turned some heads and changed some minds possibly too by doing the same thing and spending this offseason um and and we're now in a world 
where the White Sox and the and the Twins are the fourth and fifth biggest spenders in baseball, <laughs> um, which is a world I never not really expected I'd be in. But um, you know, the one thing I, I think you make a great point on on Donaldson, and it it does say this is now we're doing this now, and they might only get two good years out of this guy being that he's thirty four. Um, you you hope you get at least two great years out of him um, and that that gets you where you want to be. And they're doing that knowing that that third year could be bad and the fourth year might be abysmal just because the age and the body uh, can get beat up. But, you know, you never know. I mean, as someone said, maybe he's a unicorn. You look at Nelson Cruz, he's a unicorn uh, being able to play late. So, um, but But there's some definite risk on this that his body could break down and you may have spent a ton on that. But as long as you get something here, those first two years, um, they were willing to take that risk. That's a, a good place for twins to know the front office's mindset is. Yeah. Nelson Cruz is another reason why uh, winning now is important with, with his age, but it was cool, Dan, last night to see uh, you retweeted a bunch of them uh, players reacting to the news Um seemingly uh, pretty pumped up. I've, I've got to believe, and this is based on uh, zero inside information whatsoever, total guess, but I have to believe that it's uh, a little frustrating as a member of the Twins to sort of watch free agent after free agent after free agent come off the board and and whatever the reasoning may be, whether you, whether you, you know, fault your front office or not, um, it still has to be frustrating to some extent. So it was cool to see that sort of uh, outpouring last night of excitement. I think that's a factor too. Now we're getting a little bit uh, into analytics and intangibles here, but um, you know, this team just got a signal from another player from the front office that, that they believe in them right now to win. And I think that uh, is certainly a motivating factor. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think when you look at like a Jake Odorizzi has to love, uh, and by the way, all the pitchers are going to love this move just because, Josh Donaldson's one of those guys that doesn't give away uh, additional outs, right. and 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 that's a huge upgrade for that defense. Um, and, and gives but, you some run support too. <laughs> uh, yeah, he does a lot of run support, and um, but yeah, there it it fires guys up. You know, the Nelson Cruz move did that last year. Guys knew going in that adding Nelson Cruz was going to make them better. They didn't know how much better because they didn't know the impact he'd have on them in the clubhouse too. Uh, but but you throw this guy out, you know, Josh Donaldson out there, and you now have a lockdown third baseman. You have a extended lineup. Um, Jake Odorizzi yesterday said it's the kind of move that makes you excited for the season to get here. Uh, I, I got a response from Mitch Garver on the uh, uh, Apple hotline this morning. Um, he uh, He got back to me and said – Ooh, can you imagine facing this lineup? So that was his uh, response to. Uh, it was very, very deep and in depth there. Um, but uh, it, it's uh, he's excited. You saw Buxton. You saw Trevor May and Tyler Duffy both comment on on social media last night. Um, they're they're fired up, and and you have to think going in that this is a team that's going to be believing from the minute they arrive that they're supposed to win and. There was a lot of that belief last year, but I think it was something that built over time. Um, you know, they they knew they were a good team. I don't think they thought there were 101 wins. This team's going to arrive at spring training with the expectation that they're going to win the division, and that's that's a 
that's what this kind of move can do for a team. Again, they still need to get some some pitching. I mean, if Rich Hill works out well, uh, he probably maybe slots as your number two. And you go into that postseason, hopefully, with a healthy Michael Pineda and, and uh, Jake Odorizzi. That's a lot better group than it was going into this last year. Um, the Pineda suspension was so damning to their playoff chances. Uh, they're still going to need a lot of help anyways with that. Um, they need a they need a better pitcher there. They need Jose Barrios to elevate or they need Odorizzi to pitch the way he did. And, you know, there's, it's so difficult to say what is going to get you there pitching-wise because I think the Astros would have thought they should have won the World Series. And they came up short even with that amazing uh, rotation. Um, they lost to a better rotation. So... You you have to figure they're going to need something, but you know they they can cross that bridge when they get there, um, and sometime in July if if it's uh, if it's something they need and and they're in position, you know you can believe that they're going to do what they can to get there. Yeah, and a, and a piece of this too is, hey, all that offense is nice, and obviously you're um, you you are hoping for something approximating a repeat of what was a historic season last year so um who knows if we can necessarily count on that obviously adding donaldson to the mix makes you feel better about it but that offense uh, also was nowhere to be found in the playoffs last year um against not one of those two <laughs> more effective uh, rotations that met in the world series so they're they're gonna have to uh, figure out some stuff on that side of the ball uh, of the plate too but just crazy to think after so many years of of the twins being defined as a team with um you know pretty good pitching and, and great defense but couldn't hit worth a lick it's now the exact opposite uh with this team and um and, and they'll go into this season obviously i think they would have been favorites anyway dan to to win the division but but adding donaldson like you said takes it from a, a, a kind of a, a more uh, I guess feeble position of hey the, you know the Indians are right there and the White Sox are making moves to now the Twins have pushed their chips into in more of a position of power and I think that confidence uh, you know it, I don't think it does you a lot of good in October but certainly going into the season they're going to have every reason to believe that it's their division for the taking again and every reason to believe that if they can show that to the front office that there's going to be more help on the way in, in July and that they won't be afraid to as you said part with one of those prospects that everyone's so high on because um again you don't pay a guy 92 million dollars over four years if you're not trying to do something with that so yeah it's uh it's a good position for them to be in no no it's <laughs> it's 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 weird to be talking about like this just because um you didn't expect it i i, I was driving back from picking up dinner when it when it happened and it was like wait what hang on because, you know, I mean, look, they they said they were in it. They really and, – and I've – but at the same time, there's been a lot of doubt uh, with internally that this was going to get done. They thought that Josh Donaldson wanted to sign at Christmas, and here we are, and it was January 14th, and he still wasn't signed. And I was like, well, it's – maybe he really wants to go back to Atlanta, and, and maybe he's just waiting this out, and maybe the Twins are being used as pawns. And instead, it's got to be like a a nice little uh, a, a holiday gift that you found under a tree twenty something days later um, <laughs> to to wake up today and have this. It's it's a good position for them to be in. It's it's a nice accomplishment for the front office. Um, I'm sure they are 
very excited about being able to make this move, um, even with some of the back-end risk on it that that they were able to show fans because they really wanted to bring, you know, the fan, I wrote about it a little bit in the story today. Um, you added in almost 350,000 fans. Your TV ratings went up significantly. You have the casual fan that was gone for 10 years. You have their attention again. And, and adding this move is going to keep that fan around, I think. And, and that's a good thing for the, the trajectory of the franchise. And I think what happened with Donaldson just shows – the the mind games that go into this whole uh, pursuit of free agents because there were reports um, probably spurred on by his own camp now that you look back on it that he was looking for the 110 million dollar range or expected to get the 110 million dollar range and you know um, he no doubt would have loved that but it would have been very easy for the twins to see that and say okay if we want him this is what it's going to take um, they didn't and uh, still ended up with him so not sure exactly how that all went down if they knew something that the rest of us didn't know or if um or if that was never really true to begin with that donaldson was trying to find that number but certainly the amount of time it took for him to to make up his mind you got to think he was hoping somebody would swoop in with something uh more impressive but the twins still got him it's a huge boost uh just for interest in the team just for sort of quieting the uh, the cheap pull ads narrative and the, uh, yeah. you know, here, here we go again type of thing with the twins, but, uh, still a long way to go to, I think, get over the, the, the significant mountain that is the other, uh, actual world series contenders, uh, in major league baseball. But, uh, it's a good start for January 15th and, uh, it now buys you some time to get a feel for the team, get a feel for what you need before you start making decisions about, uh, you know, what superstar prospects you're going to shed, and uh, that's a lot better spot than they were sitting in a couple days ago. Yeah, absolutely. They are they're definitely uh, going to enjoy this last couple weeks here before spring training. And I imagine Twins Fest will be a lot of fun for uh, for the, the franchise next week just to have fans there and, and excited. And, you know, those, those uh, press conferences or not press conferences, but the fan uh, seminars with uh, – with the front office and the ownership should be a lot less contentious. I mean, there's still going to be brought up impact pitching and why didn't you, why didn't you improve impact pitching? And, um, they didn't say they were going to get impact pitching definitively. They said they were going to try for it. And knowing that's a, a tall task. I mean, Hey, let's be honest. It was probably a very disappointing day of the day that Zach Wheeler went to the Phillies, but, um, there's a team that, uh, resides in the town that, that I, uh, part-time live in, that uh, thought that they were even better on their chance to get Wheeler and offered more money and uh, actually was allowed to be in his three finalists. And hey, there's one thing I wanted to clarify on that too is you know the Twins maxed out at five and a hundred million on Zach Wheeler. Um, they were told before he was before the last round of bidding that they were not a finalist. So that's where their offer went to. But had they been in that mi- that final three group. Um, which the it was probably I, I I don't know who the third was, but it was definitely the uh, White Sox, the Phillies. Um, you know their their offers were out there five and eighteen, five and one twenty. The Twins never got a chance to be in that group. They were cut off at five and a hundred million. And hey, we really appreciate you, but Zach's not going to come here. And and that was all about location. Um, that was a very disappointing time for Twins fans to see their main target walk, you know, 
that they were told no. I mean, it, it's it was a rough off season, um, just because I don't know that Ryu would have uh, had people so excited. I I I think he's a good pitcher, but he's got some serious. He he's averaged twenty three starts over his six years. He's had a couple of years that have just been marred by injury. I don't know that he would have moved the dial. Um, I don't know that Donaldson is going to move the dial. It, it I don't seems know that like Zach Wheeler would have either. Off season. <laughs> I yeah yeah I agree. I I think a trade um, maybe, but I don't know. There's you know when we're talking about that guy for rotations, there's only about eight to ten of that guy that really moves the needle, um, and it, it's hard to say. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's been a good off season and, and that cheap pull ads narrative has to go away now. Uh, they've spent, so it's a good off season for, uh, for being able to call that out online when you see it now. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that now is that we can just tell fans if they're going to say that kind of stuff. Now you just, you go, um, well, I, I, you, you know, at that point, just to mute them. They're not worth any conversation at this point. So <clears throat> it's a good day for online. <laughs> so we uh, we uh, haven't really talked about it, but we're probably going to be picking up the show a little more frequently here uh, as spring training is right around the corner. Twins Fest uh, coming up soon too. We should probably do a show from Twins Fest live, maybe in person or something. But um, Dan That'd and I will figure that out. We'll uh, but. We'll be back on the mic a little bit more as we go forward. Dan's heading down to Fort Myers next month. So is Aaron Gleeman for a while. Uh, so we'll have uh, Fort Myers pretty well covered throughout. There might be uh, a couple days where we're not down there here and there. But uh, for the most part, Dan and Aaron is gonna, are going to uh, be down there for the duration. Uh, and then we'll look forward to opening day in Oakland and, uh, and a new player uh, front and center to talk about and uh, a new season with uh, some lofty expectations, I would say. Uh, but the Twins finally appear ready to take those expectations uh, seriously, I guess. Dan, any final thoughts? Uh, no, Happy New Year. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to getting in the swing. That's about it. Right on. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you as always. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>